Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. This is Prophetess Dawn. And I just want to welcome you to our second podcast. I am so proud of the work that God is doing. I am ecstatic about what God is doing through this ministry. And I am so grateful to him uh, for allowing me to serve in this capacity. So I want to welcome you all to Moa's Ark where God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. We live in the agape. This is my second ever podcast and I'm just so excited. I'm excited about it. I'm proud of what God is doing through me and just the opportunity to come and to serve in this capacity. I just love God for trusting me in this season and in this hour. I endeavor to come and speak to you all tonight about a topic uh, that is near and dear to my heart. And I know everything that God gives me is something that I have had to deal with and I've had um, to kind of work through in my own walk and my own salvation. So I thank him for that. And I endeavor to bring to you uh, practical, uh, uh, tangible uh, topics that you can actually um, apply in your everyday living. My goal is to give you tools and and tips and techniques uh, that can be applied to your everyday living, coming from a Christ a Christ based uh, perspective. Amen. Something that we can actually use. And I just want to humbly ask that you all provide your feedback. Let me know. Let me know if these podcasts are being uh, um are actually being an encouragement and and a help in your life. I want to know. I want to hear from you and you all um for those who have heard me speak before, you know this is not my area. <laughs> I am just simply walking in obedience to God's will and his word and his plan for my life. And my goal is to always bring to you something that I believe will enhance and and um, improve the quality of your life. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about something. This is a topic that I've spoken on uh, several times before, but I think that it is important. It is important that we kind of get this one down, that we get this one down. I believe that it is one of the many uh, scriptures in the Bible that is misinterpreted, uh, and, and, and not just the scripture per se, but the topic overall uh, we we have a misunderstanding uh, predominantly in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ. And, and we, we're going to walk through this. We're going to talk about it. And I want you all to be um, engaged and interactive. And like I said, leave your comments and leave your, your feedback uh, to this message that I give today. But most importantly, make sure you take out your pen and your paper and let's get into the word of God and let's get uh, uh, what God desires for us to have. Let's get into study. Amen. Uh, So that we can, like I said, enhance the quality 
of our lives. I love you all and I pray that you receive uh, what God has for you tonight. But I'm going to be talking about uh, uh, coming to you under the topic of judging, judgment. Amen. So we're going to talk about judgment. And I'm coming uh, with the title of Who Are You to Judge? (laughs) Who are you to judge? And like I said, under the premise that for the most part, there is a scripture that I believe that we misinterpret oftentimes and it has stagnated the progression of the body of Christ because we have misinterpreted this scripture Uh, in that we don't believe that as the righteous of Christ that we have the right to judge. And, And beyond that, some of us get so arrogant in believing that because we are the righteousness of Christ, we can judge any and everybody. But God gave us very specific instruction in this area, and I endeavor to talk and walk us through it. Amen. Uh, I do not, and by any means, and I, I put out this disclaimer, uh, I'm going to try to do it every time I speak, but I do not proclaim to be a theologian. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am probably not the brightest of all of the bubs in, in that case, but I do know that I love the Lord and I have yielded myself to the reign and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to allow God to use me as his mouthpiece. And I pray that you all are blessed according to uh, this word that we're going to go through tonight. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you a few seconds to take out your pen and your paper. And let's get into the word of God. Who are you to judge? Tonight, we're going to talk about who we are, who we're going to talk about when, why, and how we judge. We're going to get into the right way to judge and our right to judge. Amen. So come and join me. And I encourage you to invite someone to listen to this word, listen to this message. And I pray that I give you enough content, context, and understanding that you are able to help others to come into uh, alignment and understanding of the word of God. Amen. I love you so much. Let's do this thing together. Amen. right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining. And I just want to get started. But before I get started, I cannot start without praising God. God has been so good to me. God has been excellent. He's been phenomenal. He has exceeded any expectation that I have had. And I just thank, thank him. I am so grateful. I am honored to be his daughter. I am honored to be his friend. I am honored to be his servant. In this season of my life, I promise you, 
2019 has been the greatest year of my life. It has been the greatest year of my life. I have lived long enough to begin to see the promises of God being made manifest in my life in a season where I can enjoy them. (laughs) I can enjoy the promises. And uh, earlier this year, uh, my son... uh, Bless me with my grandson, Zayim, and I'm so grateful. That little boy just, I mean, he keeps me on my toes. Uh, he was a preemie, uh, and um, he was born on March the 2nd, March the 2nd, and he was due, I believe, sometime in May. But anyway, that baby was so tiny when he was born, and I tell you right now, I believe he's about six or seven months um, now, and he looks like he's almost one years old. <laughs> oh, but God is blessing. God is blessing. And I'm so grateful and so thankful. And uh, later this year, uh, we were blessed with our Kaylin, uh, my baby Kaylin. She was born on August 24th. Oh, yes. God is really, really blessing. And that little beautiful little girl, I'm telling you, she just warms your heart. Just looking at her, she is so adorable, so adorable. And I had an opportunity to spend the weekend with her two weeks ago, and I'm going to share that testimony with you all as well. But I am just so grateful to God. And later this year, we're going to be blessed with another grandbaby. And I believe at this point, uh, we're going to call her Elise, but the parents are still deciding on what they're going to name her. But uh, at this point, the name that, that they landed on was Elise. So I am just so grateful to God for Miss Elise that is coming. So that marks four, four grandbabies. I got four grandbabies. So I guess God just wanted to solidify this Moa thing that she is. So I am a an, an official. <laughs> Officially, I am a Moa. I guess four is a quorum, right? So that gives me the right to stand proud and wear my badge as a moa. I done got my wings now. All right. So I'm so grateful to God for that. And um, I wanted to share with you all. I know uh, I said this has been the greatest year of my life. And I expect on next year, I'm going to have the same testimony that next year is the greatest year of my life. I declare it and I decree it even now that greater blessings will be bestowed upon this family. Uh, I believe it was late last year, earlier, early this year that God had laid upon my heart uh, an assignment to bless the women of our family, to bless them, to encourage them, to restore them, to just love on them. And when God gave it to me, I didn't know how I would deliver it. And the Holy Spirit just laid on my spirit uh, just um, to do a retreat to do a retreat. Uh, God had given me the vision and I shared it with my sister, Denise. And that's my rider now. Anything I do, (laughs) anything I do, I go to her first. Um, But God had put it in my heart to, um, to do the retreat for the women. So the retreat was focused on health and healing. Uh, We had a focus on our physical, our mental and emotional, as well as spiritual health. 
uh, and we named the retreat Hope for Healing Family Women's Retreat. And it was a focus on healing and health uh, for the women. Uh, what we did was we set up a three-day retreat at a beautiful, beautiful bed and breakfast. And uh, I'm new to this podcast thing, so I don't have sponsors. But I'm telling you, anytime I can sing this uh, place's praises, I will. I pray that I don't forget that through every podcast I mention them. Uh, but this bed and breakfast is called... Um, It is the uh, Six Acres, Six Acres Bed and Breakfast. It is in North College Hills, Cincinnati, Ohio. It is probably the best kept secret in the state of Ohio. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say in the entire country of the United States. This place is a jewel. Uh, It was a blessing to our family. Uh, So we staged our retreat there. Uh, This is a historic landmark. Uh, It was a uh, safe house uh, that was used during uh, the time of slavery. Uh, It ran right through the path of the, or I'm going to say it the right way, the Underground Railroad ran through the path of this home. Uh, And this was a safe haven. Uh, The original owner of the house, uh, this is a huge, big uh, I, I want to say about 6,000 acres, uh, well, the six acres of uh, land. <laughs> uh, and um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And the original owner was a an abolitionist. He was an abolitionist. And he was responsible for saving many, many families uh, who were enslaved in the United States. And they say that he had uh, a, a, a signature uh, move, a, a thing that he did for the slaves where I think he had like a, a cart Uh, horse and and buggy thing where he had a false bottom and he would go and rescue the slaves who didn't make it across the river or make it across the line to go up north and he would bring them to his home and put them to work so that they could make money uh, to make up enough money so that they can make it out north. But I, I don't give the story justice. I don't have time to tell it right now. But it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. So uh, the home passed hands uh, through three owners. Uh, so this, there was a second owner who had the home. Um, and they sold it to uh, a young lady um Her name is Christian. (laughs) I can't remember her last name right now, but she turned the uh, house into a bed and breakfast. And when I tell you, I I just cannot describe the spiritual experience that I had there. It was just such a peace. It was such a peace that that ground is definitely holy. It is holy. So anyway, we decided to do the retreat there. And the way that we set things up, uh, we had group uh, therapy uh, for all of the women in the family to, to have therapy together. And then we had individual one-on-one counseling sessions for uh, the women to meet with therapists one-on-one. Uh, we had some Pamper Me stuff. We got them facials and 
Uh, we didn't get the massages, but we got um, manicures, pedicures. Uh, they did some some other things, you know, just pamper me stuff, and and then we did some Zumba, and um, we had. Uh, speakers come in and facilitate sessions for us and I'm telling you this thing was just so phenomenal it was phenomenal uh, for our women and I am just so grateful to God I'm so honored that he allowed me uh, to, to to be the vessel that he used to usher that in and I'm telling you uh, it's, it's just it, it was life-changing life-changing uh, for me. So I'm so grateful. I wanted to share that. And I'm sharing that for you all who are listening, that God is prompting you to be that sojourner, that that one, that forerunner for your family, to pull them together. Don't take it for granted. Sometimes God will speak to you ever so lightly, ever so softly uh, to, to do something. And when God speaks, listen, listen, because number one, you don't want to grieve the spirit. And then also, you don't want to uh, cancel out the voice of God, that he'll stop speaking. Uh, so walk in obedience. I believe that all of the women who participated uh, were blessed. Uh, we we didn't do it. Uh, it wasn't perfect. It didn't happen exactly the way that I wanted it to, you know, but but God moved. He moved in a mighty way. And then I turned around two weeks later. <laughs> two weeks later. And from the time I left um, that retreat, probably three days in, the enemy came. And he began to attack. And I'm not going to get into all of it because he does not get the glory over my God. But I'm telling you, the attack came. And yet, I stood firm on the Word of God, just trusting and believing Him up until the point that uh, maybe a couple of days ago, day before yesterday, I got notification that um, my client was going to uh, end my um, contract. Uh, well, the way they put it, they were extending it three weeks past the end date. <laughs> so that means end. But I trust God. I trust God. Uh, so uh, I am just so grateful for what God has done and for what he is doing. But that is my testimony. God, yes, sits on the throne. He is a great and mighty God and he is worthy to be praised. He is such an awesome God and he will not, he will not be slack concerning his children. And I want you all to just be encouraged uh, by this testimony and what God did for us. He will do it for you. He saved. He delivered. He brought forth um, wisdom. He set free. It was such a phenomenal time. And like I said, we will never be the same again. That's my testimony. Let's get into the word. All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's get into this Word. Again, I'm coming to you all tonight uh, under the title of Who Are You to Judge? Who are you to judge? And if you see me uh, in, in your spiritual mind, I'm shaking my Holy Ghost-filled head. Who are you to judge? Amen. Um, this is a question 
that I pray at the end of this podcast, those of us who are the righteousness of Christ, we will understand our identity and who we are to judge. We'll no longer have an identity crisis. We'll be able to answer that question boldly and with confidence and and with the backing of the word of God. So let's get into the word. I'm coming to you all from the foundation of scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 1, where Jesus said, judge not uh, that ye be not judged. This is is one of the scriptures that I believe um, we, we just, we missed the mark on this one. We missed the mark on it because uh, we interpreted a way that I believe Jesus never intended us to interpret it. And some of us use this word of God. We weaponize it and we use it uh, as a uh, shield uh, to um, prevent uh, judgment <coughs> Excuse me. from coming upon us. Uh, so we use it as a weapon, you know, as a tool to shield us uh, from any judgment from others. Because the first thing I'm telling you, the more worldly a person is and, and when righteous indignation comes into the picture or righteous judgment, the first thing they want to say is, uh, <laughs> what does your word of God say? Judge not uh, lest ye be judged. And they take it so far out of context. But let me read the word of God. And um, I'll throw this out there. I shared with you all one time before that I love the Message Bible. I just love it. I love it. It helps me to put things into uh, uh, context. And uh, I shared this as well. (coughs) Oh, excuse me tonight. I got a little tickle in my throat. Uh, But I shared this as well that... I am very simple-minded, so I like to take those complex things and break them down into their simplest form. I'm not going to get into whether or not or the interpretation of this word. It is what it is. I like the Message Bible, and uh, if you don't like it, then I want you to take the same scripture and you go into your Bible of choice. I like the Message Bible. All right, so let me get into the Word of God. Let me read this scripture for you all. Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5 and what it says is don't pick on people Mm. jump on their failures criticize their faults unless unless of course you want the same treatment that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging it's easy to see the smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly snare on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted and contempt? It's the whole traveling road show mentality all over again, playing a holier than thou part Instead of just living your part, wipe that ugly snare off of your face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth 
to your neighbor. Now, again, I encourage you to read in your uh, version of the Bible of your choice. But I'm telling you this thing right here, it captures it for me. It helps us to understand the behavior that God is trying to model in us. It never said that you ought not judge. It is a type of judging that we need to do. You cannot be negative. And how dare you be negative towards someone when you're not perfect? None of us are perfect. There is a right way and a wrong way to do things. And I oftentimes think about... As a mother, I've got seven beautiful children, and and I share with you all in my testimony. I got four grandbabies. By the end of this year, I'm 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 on cloud uh, nine. I don't know if I want to say cloud nine because I heard what that was, but I am elevated in 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 my joy and and just God is just really really blessing. But as a young mother. Uh, one of the things that I used to have to do with my children, I had, I used to have to leave the younger children in the care of the older uh, child. That child would be uh, responsible for the care of my children. And, and anytime I would leave them uh, with the young, with the older sibling, I would always leave them with this, the older sibling with the um the, the, the guidelines, right, for how they were to watch the children, that you can instruct them to do anything, and, and you have my delegated authority over the house, so they got to do what you tell them to do, but you can instruct them to do anything. The only thing you cannot do is enforce that instruction, uh, because I'm the enforcer. <laughs> I'm the enforcer, so I had to kind of level set, because you know how kids get but anyway, it would it would be my expectation that that older child, because they know better, because they know the rules and the regulations of the household, that they would govern themselves accordingly while they're governing the children. You, you understand what I mean? That if you know the rules and the regulations of the house and you see a child stepping out of order, let me put it in practical terms. If I leave, you know, maybe I may have to leave at night and leave the children there and, and, and leave dinner or whatever it is that I may leave out for them. But there may be some ice cream. And the rule of the house may be, you know, you don't get ice cream after 9 o'clock. And I, and I didn't make it home before 9. And, you know, the younger child decides, hey, mama not here. Nobody going to know. I'm going to go get some ice cream. And if that older child who was left in charge goes and and reprimands that child by right for what they've done because they are being disobedient and being sneaky and deceptive, if they were to um, reprimand them for that, they would have every right to do that. But if that older child reprimands that younger child and then goes and pursues the same act, goes and does the same act, and uh, and I find out about it, I am going to scold that child in a greater level of intensity because you knew, you knew the rules. You knew and understood the rules so much so that you were able to reprimand the younger child for what they did so you knew better. So I hold you to a higher level of accountability. And I believe that that is what this scripture is reflecting. It is reflecting. It's not saying that we ought not judge. That No, 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 no. It, what it's saying is there's a right way and a wrong way for, we, for us to do 
this thing, right? So uh, let's look at some other scriptures. I want to look into um, Romans and the book of Romans. And, and if you all get an opportunity, I like listening to the word of God. I like listening to audio. A lot of my books, most of the books that I read are, are audio just because I can put them in uh, and listen to them at work or on my way to work. And, you know, when I travel and I am a, a audible learner. I, I learn uh, by audio. Uh, my dad used to listen to talk shows all the time, and I think it just stuck with me. Uh, but if you get an opportunity, uh, one of the books of the Bible that I would recommend that you just sit and just listen to it, listen to it, is Romans. Romans is just is so rich. The entire Bible is rich, but for Christians, for us, you know, first, I mean, yeah, first, second Corinthians, those are the, the New Testament books, you know, nothing wrong with the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament books as well. But Romans is an excellent, excellent, excellent read. So, but we're going to talk tonight about uh, a few of the scriptures in Romans, and that is in Romans 2 and 1 uh, through 3. So Romans chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. And then I'm going to jump into Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 4. And then Romans uh, chapter 10 verses 1 through, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 14 verses 1 through 4 and 10 through 13. Okay, so let me be clear about where I'm going here. Romans 2, 1 through 3. Romans 14, 1 through 4, and 10 through 13. All right, so let me jump back into my message Bible. And I want y'all to give me some feedback too now. Uh, but whoever has something negative to say about my message Bible, yeah, come on and, and, and tell me about it. But we're going to have a combo show. All right, so let's get into the Word of God. What does it say in Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 4? Uh, It says, those people are on a dark spiral downward. But if you think that leaves you on the high ground where you can point your finger at others, think again. Ah, this is the word of God. Come on now. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. And this is funny. Whenever I read this scripture, I think about my mother-in-law. Uh, she always says that. She always says, take one and no one. And I always find, I giggle when I hear her say that. Uh, but she must have got that from the word of God. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done. You didn't think you did that just by pointing your fingers at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on your on you hard. Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind but he's not soft. Let me say that again. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. And I pray that this word of God changes you. Get in the word. I want you to get into Romans 
chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Read it in your version of your choosing. But at the end of the day, you cannot point your finger at somebody else and judge their behavior and their condition and think that that's going to usurp you or or, or um, omit your crimes or, or your state of being. Amen? All right, so let's go to Romans 14, uh, 1 through 4. <clears throat> and the Word of God says, Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Now, everybody under the sound of my voice, y'all cannot say you never heard this now. Because <laughs> you, you got the word now. You got the word. You cannot refute the word of God. <clears throat> Chapter 2 through 4 goes on to say, For instance, a person who has been around for a while might well be convinced that he could eat anything on the table, while another with a different background might assume he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they feel if they failed to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat, God, after all, invented them both. I'm sorry. God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Come on. Now this <clears throat> here is so important. I hate that I have this tickle in my throat, but y'all bear with me tonight. But this is it's important. It's important that we understand this because sometimes we just we use the most trivial things to get us caught up. And we want to judge other people. We want to judge everybody because they don't think the way that we think. We all come from different backgrounds. And who are we? I, um, I'm on social media a lot. And it was it was some guy who uh, he had a, he had a legitimate uh, gripe with this lady who was accosting him and, you know, being rude and calling him racial slurs and things like that. But anyway, like social media does, they turned his little uh rebuttal to her and to something viral and it became a meme a meme and and you know he would say uh that's over my um head it's over my head now (laughs) but when I read this scripture you know that judging thing you know we want to get all negative and and get caught up in our own agenda that's over our head it's over our head it's not up to us to judge in that fashion it's not up to us to be negative towards others. Amen? All right. So let's go to Romans 14, 10 through 14. And what the Word of God says is, So where does that leave you when you criticize a brother? Mm -hmm. And where does that leave you when you condescend a sister? I say it leaves you looking pretty silly or worse. Eventually, 
we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in the place of judgment facing God. Your critical and condescending ways aren't going to prove your position there one bit. Read it for yourself in the scripture. (coughs) Excuse me. As I live and breathe, says God, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will tell the honest truth that I and only I am God. So you so so tend to your knitting. You've got your hands full. Just take care of your own life before God. Forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to be concerned about. That you get in the way of someone else. That I'm sorry, that you don't get in the way of someone else making life more difficult than it already is. I'm convinced. Jesus convinced me that everything as it is in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way we treat treat it or talk about it can contaminate it. So let me read this again. I'm convinced, Jesus convinced me that everything as it is in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way we treat it or talk about it, can contaminate it. Amen? All right, that's Romans 14, verses 10 through 14. (laughs) Ha-ha! Now let's get to Romans 14 and 1. I don't know how I missed this one. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way that you do. I think I did read this. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the department of faith. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Amen. So I pray that you all understand how we are not supposed to judge. Just 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 understand what he's saying. This is coming from a condescending place. And we know that as we model the life of Jesus, Jesus was never condemning to the people. He convicted them. And when he left his Holy Spirit as our comforter, as our best friend, as our guide, the Holy Spirit convicts us. It never condemns us. That condemning comes from uh, from a, a evil place, from the enemy. It is not of God. Amen? All right. So let me get some more evidence here so you all can understand how we are not supposed to judge. Let's go to, uh, let's see, what is this? 1 Corinthians. Oh, boy. Verses 4, I mean, chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Let's see if I can pull that up real quick in my favorite translation. Maybe I should do, my daughter told me today I needed to get me an intro for my uh, podcast. And maybe I need to do an intro on how much I love the Message Bible. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, let's read it. Don't imagine us 
Don't imagine us leaders to be something we aren't. We are servants of Christ, not his masters. Come on now. We are servants of Christ, not his masters. We are guides into God's most sublime secrets, not security guards posted to protect them. The requirements for a good guide are reliability and accurate knowledge. It matters very little to me what you think of me, even less where I rank in popular opinion. I don't even rank myself. Comparisons in these matters are pointless. I am not aware of anything that will disqualify me from being a good guide for you, but that doesn't mean much. The master makes the judgment. So don't get ahead of the master and jump to conclusion with your judgments before all the evidence is in. When he comes, he will bring forth in the open and place in evidence all kinds of things we never even dreamed of, inner motives and purposes and prayers. Only then will any of us get to hear the well done of God. Amen. So this is telling us, look, don't put us on a pedestal. Don't put us as masters. We are servants. We are here. We're not security guards. We are here to be guides, guides to the men and women of God. And some of us get it twisted. So I'm praying, especially for those leaders who, who, who just peeked in to see what prophetess is talking about, that y'all get into this word of God and understand what God is saying here, what he's saying here. Look, we have to be a support one to another in this life. It's not about <clears throat> condemning and judging and, and holding God's word against people. It's about helping to encourage the life and enhance the life of our brothers and sisters. Amen. All right, let me get uh, the last scripture that I wanted to go over with you guys was in James 4, uh, James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And let's, let's get back into my message Bible. Let's see what the Lord is saying here. right this is good this is good all right so listen to this now if you hear it you're gonna be held accountable for it so y'all better pay attention all right James 4 verses 11 through 12 don't bad mouth each other friends don't bad mouth each other friends those of you who have made idols of gossip y'all better cut it out it's God's word his message his royal rule that takes a beating in that kind of talk, okay? So when, listen, when you badmouthing each other, it's God's message, his royal rule, his word that takes a beating in that kind of talk. You, you, you speak it against God. Uh, you're supposed to be honoring the message, not writing graffiti all over it. God is in charge of deciding human destiny. Who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? My God, my God, my God. Come on now. This this ought to be your mantra for life. Y'all need to print this off and, and put it up and let's put it in big letters so we all can live by this every day. 
Don't badmouth each other, friends. It's God's word, his message, his royal rule that takes a beating in that kind of talk. You're supposed to be honoring the message, not writing graffiti all over it. God is in charge of deciding human destiny. Who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? And what this reminds me of is as we were growing up, I I come from a household of 12 siblings. And my dad was high on loyalty. I mean, he was one... uh, um, (laughs) <laughs> I hate to liken my father to, you know, like a like a mobster, you know, or something like that. But I believe that this is a it's a biblical principle. You know, and Jesus said, you know, either you for me or against me, God don't even want us to be lukewarm. But anyway, my dad was one who was was he was all about loyalty. And uh, you know, while he never allowed us to, you know, fight each other, he would always correct us and discipline us. It was more permissible and it was it was more uh, uh, accepted in the household. If we fought in the house, that was one thing. But if we went out there in those streets and fought each other, woo-hoo, we would be in big trouble when we came home or my dad would get wind of it because he didn't play that because we were a representation of him. And we could not go, him and my mom, you know, we were a representation of my parents and we were not going to go out there in them streets and act a fool, you know. And I believe that that's what this word is saying. You know, when we badmouth each other, you know, that's a reflection on God. Not only are we not living out, we're not the living word and and living out his word, we're, we're, you know, badmouthing his own. You know, so that's not what God wants us to do. All right. So so we understand um, we understand what he doesn't want us to do, right? And judging. And remember, I'm I'm sharing with you that it's not the judging that God doesn't want, it's how we judge. Is how we judge because there is judgment that God actually commissions us to do, uh, but it is the the way that we do it. So the examples that I gave you all in in uh, Matthew and in Romans, First Corinthians, and um, uh, James uh, is is the negative judgment that God does not want us to do. But let's go to the positive. Let's go to the positive. If you look in the word of God in John uh, chapter 7, verse 24, the word of God says, Jesus also said, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Amen. Judge not according to the appearance. And I'm trying to get this up in my wonderful message Bible. All right, so let's go there and see what the Word of God says. All right, and you know what? I love the Internet. I just love the Internet because I can get straight to the Word of God. All right, so let's see what the Word of God says. In John uh, chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Jesus said, Hold on. I think that was the wrong... 
John 7 and 24. All right. Amen. Um, Jesus said, I did one miraculous thing a few months ago, and you're still standing around getting all upset, wondering what I'm up to. Moses prescribed circumcision. Circum, I don't know what's wrong with my tongue tonight. Circumcision. Originally, and it came not from Moses, but from his ancestors. And so you circumcise a man dealing with one part of his body, even if it's the Sabbath. You do this in order to preserve one item in the law of Moses. So why are you upset with me? Because I made a man whole, man's whole body well on the Sabbath. Do not be nitpickers. Use your head and heart to discern what is right and test what is authentically right. Amen. So this is from the Message Bible. And at this time, you all have heard this scripture before, but they were trying to judge Jesus because of something he did that was good. (laughs) Something he did that was good, and they took it uh, completely out of context. So the word of God says, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Amen. All right. So he wants us to judge righteously. Use common sense, basically, is what he's saying. Come on now. All right. So let's go to Matthew 18, 15 through 17. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Go to my message Bible. Which actually, and that scripture, I love. I love that it provided the full context. But again, the the verse, the scripture that I was trying to get us. I mean, the part of the scripture that I was trying to get us to understand is to judge righteously. Amen. All right. So let's go to Matthew eighteen, uh, chapter eighteen, verses fifteen through seventeen. If a fellow believer hurts you, I want y'all to listen because we talk a lot about church hurt. Go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others alone so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. If he still won't listen, tell the church. If he won't listen to the church, you have to start over from scratch. Confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. That's how you judge. That's how you judge. You don't go condemning somebody because you have an ought with them and and you've been hurt. Number one, the first thing that we're instructed is to go tell them. Stop telling everybody else. You start, we, we go backwards. We go and we broadcast it all on social media. I look at my timeline sometimes and I think the whole world is just at odds and in conflict with each other because we tell everybody except the person who has offended us. It says, go tell him and try to work it out between the two of you. That means you got to manage that conflict. And I'm going to do a, a podcast on that as well. Uh, but... Go and tell him. Try to work it out. If he listens, then you made a friend. If he won't, then that's when you go to one or two others. It didn't say go tell the whole family 
or everybody in the neighborhood or all of your coworkers. It says go to one or two others. And, and, and I'm going to throw this in here. Go to those who are mature and who, has, who have wisdom that can help you. And here where you get to the scripture where it says if he won't listen to the church, if he don't listen to the others, if he don't listen to nobody, start all over from scratch. Start all over. And then confront them with the need for repentance. That's a judgment there. You're judging that situation. And again, offer God's forgiving love. It's all about how you do it. I was talking to one of my colleagues earlier today uh, because I got a few few phone calls. People wanted to call and make sure I was okay, you know, because my company decided to, um, or my client decided to extend my contract only three weeks versus another year. You know, so people wanted to check on me. But anyway, uh, this particular person, we we got into the conversation about some of the experiences that we've had uh, there in that environment. And he was just trying to encourage me uh, and give me uh, some guide, some um, he was trying to counsel me on how to deal with that level of toxicity. You know, and he was just saying that sometimes as you elevate, as you go up in leadership, you have to have the maturity to be able to deal with those things, uh, you know, because they're not going to go anywhere if you don't deal with it. But I believe that he was ministering from the word of God. He didn't even know he was getting into the foundation of my message tonight. (laughs) But, um, you know, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. All right. So let's go to uh, another positive way. Let's go into our evidence here. Let's go. First Corinthians. I don't know why I can never grab that. Uh, chapter 5, verse 15. Let's see what that say in this here message Bible. Now, I ain't say the message Bible was the only Bible. Now, and I keep saying that because our last scripture, I, I probably should have went to the King James, but but I, I still like where we ended at. It gave us the full context. Okay, let's go into the Message Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And the Word of God, and this starts us off with uh, 14 and 15. Our firm decision to work from this focus center, one man died for everyone. Mm, how powerful is that? That puts everyone in the same boat. I'm not better than you. You ain't no better than me. You're no worse and I'm no worse. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrected life, a resurrection life, a far better than um, people ever lived on their own. Amen. Let's go to 11 through 12. So when we judge, don't judge like we better than anybody else. Just know we all in the same boat here. We're all in the same boat. What did I say? 11. Y'all going to have to come on here and do the podcast with me so somebody can remind me. What did I say? Message. Uh, what what scriptures I'm saying and we can have a, a good dialogue and conversation about this what God is showing us why did it take me out of that 
All right. So what does the word of God tell us? And this took me straight to the NIV. I'm trying to get to the message Bible. All right. All right. So what is the what does the Lord say in 2 Corinthians? All right. See, this is why I should have had these scriptures before I came on here. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Couldn't get to the message. All right. This is <clears throat> where people tell us that we ought not judge, but there's a righteous indignation. There's a righteous judgment. And it's not about condemning people, but it's about understanding and knowing what God's uh, preference is. All right. We love what God loves. We hate what he hates. Amen. All right. So I said First Corinthians chapter five, verses 11 through 12, I think. But this takes us to 13. But I am saying that you shouldn't act as if everything is fine with one of your Christian companions when when one of your Christian companions is promiscuous or crooked, is flipped or with God or rude to friends, gets drunk or becomes greedy and predatory. You can't just go along with this, treating it as acceptable behavior. This is where, again, that iron, we got to sharpen each other. Now, you don't just go to them and point your finger in their face. You so rude to God and you rude to your friends. You flip with God. You promiscuous. No, you're not going to win them that way. But you do have to judge that behavior and that you show them the reflection and help them guide them to the way. Uh, of acceptance. Amen. Uh, chapter 12. I'm not responsible for what outsiders do, but don't we have some responsibility for those within our community of believers? God decides on outsiders, but we need to decide when our brothers and sisters are out of line and if necessary, clean house. Amen. So this is a scripture that tells us that there's a there's a way that we ought to judge. <clears throat> now, some religious people take that out of context as well, and they'll just they'll excommunicate you and cut you off, you know, if you're doing something wrong. But I believe that through God's loving kindness has He drawn us, and as insiders, as the Christian believers, uh, we have to judge in the sense that we help our brothers. And our sisters in Christ come to their senses. All right, so what is this? First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verses uh, 1 through 6. Let's try that. First Corinthians 6, chapter 1 through 6. And I, I like to read the word of God because I believe that it is God's word. Uh, that brings us power. It is his word uh, that that helps us. What I say? One through six. Um, to conquer, you know, these things. And some people don't like uh, hearing you read the word. But I know if I just gave y'all these scriptures, y'all not going to read them. Y'all just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, we're going to read the word of God. Okay, chapter six. One through six. <laughs> All right, this is good. This is real good. That's why I like to read this one. 
Um, and how here, here we are, First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, and this takes us 1 through 8, so I'm just going to read through it. And how dare you take each other to court? When you think you have been wrong, does it make any sense to go before a court that knows nothing of God's ways instead of a family of Christians? The day is coming when the world is going to stand before a jury made up of followers of Jesus. If someday you are going to rule on the world's fate, wouldn't it be a good idea to practice on some of these smaller cases? Why? We're even going to a judge to judge. I'm, I'm sorry. Why? We're Lord help me, Jesus. I'm, I'm just over talking myself because I get excited about the word of God, especially when it becomes so practical. Right. And so the word of God says, why? Why even we're even going to judge angels. So why not these everyday affairs, all these disagreements and wrong uh, surface why would you even ever entrust them to the judgment of people you don't trust in any other way? Come on now. We want to take everybody to court. We want to take them, and not just to the court of law. We want to take them to the court of public opinion. We want to take them to the court of, you know, family, you know, people who don't even know God, okay? All right, five through six says, I say this as bluntly as I can to wake you up. To the stupidity of what you're doing. Is it possible that there isn't a level-headed person among you who can make fair decisions and dis- when disagreements and disputes come up? I don't believe it. And here you are taking each other to court before people who don't even believe in God. Come on now. How can they render justice if they don't believe in God? In the God of justice. Oh, that's good. How can they render justice if they don't believe in the God of justice? These court cases are an ugly blot on your community. Wouldn't it be far better to just take it and to let yourselves be wrong and forget it? All you're doing is providing fuel for more wrong, more injustice, bringing more hurt to the people in your own spiritual family. So this tells us that God wants us to judge. He wants us to find those who are mature and who are wise within the body of Christ who knows the God of justice, my God. He wants us to use that and leverage them to judge fairly and honestly and in the best interest of all parties. Amen. So there's a way that we're supposed to do this thing. All right. So I got a few more scriptures that I want to get into uh, uh, so that you all understand how we are supposed to judge, how we're not supposed to judge, how we're supposed to judge and why God wants us to judge and, and to understand when someone comes to you and tells you that the Bible is contradicting itself. It's not a contradiction. There is no contradiction. He lays it out so simply and so plainly. And if you just listen, listen to the word of God. Don't even listen to my voice uh, later. Go through these scriptures. I'm going to read them off uh, once I finish this little segment here. So you can go back and um, listen to it on your own. But I want you to understand how. How are we to judge? How are we to judge? Not negatively, 
but we're to do it positively. And we have to understand that judging is a function of ruling, descending downward from God. He gave us rule. And I did a, I did a talk on this, y'all, about how we keep saying that the enemy is the ruler of the earth. And he ain't. He never took dominion from man, especially not the righteous of, righteousness of Christ, those who um, belong to him. So uh, understand that judging, judging is not a bad thing. We as um, God's descendants, we as Christ's descendants, we as disciples of Christ is what I'm trying to say. We uh, have the authority to judge. And we have to understand that it is a functional role of a Christian to judge. And we have to judge um, uh, righteously. Amen. Judging is a function of ruling, descending downward from God. All right. Um, let's go into these scriptures real quick uh, because I don't know how much time I've been on here. Oh, 45 minutes. Lord, my husband already warned me. I don't want to go past 15 minutes. <laughs> but but I just I got to get in the word. I got to get in the word. All right. So let's go to Genesis, and this is just the first part, because I'm only telling y'all how. I still ain't got into who, I still ain't got into why, and I still ain't got into, you know, for what. <coughs> so I'm going to get into that probably in the next couple of um, podcasts, but I'm loving this, so I hope y'all enjoying it too. All right, Genesis 18 and 25. Let's see if the message Bible good for this one too. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell when we go into the Old Testament, but I love the message for the New Testament. All right, let's see what this word says. Uh, What did I say? Genesis 18, verse 25. And so this is going to take us all the way through 28. But the first... um, Yeah, that's what I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to skip, cause um, not skip, but just get right to it, cause that one just takes me too far into it. All right, uh, Genesis. Not it doesn't. Let me be clear about what I was, what my thought was, cause sometimes I think things, I say things, and it's not completely what's in my head <laughs> being articulated out of my mouth. But um, what I was saying is that in the Message Bible, if you go look up Genesis uh, chapter 18, verse. 25. It's going to take you all the way back to 23 through 28. Uh, for context, is good, but I just wanted to make this quick point. Uh, so I'm going to do the New Living Translation. All right. It says, surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why you would be treating the righteous and the wicked, wicked exactly the same, surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Amen. So God is the judge of all the earth. And we find that in Genesis chapter 18, verse uh, 25. And in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 17. And I always get here when I'm when I realize how much time I done spent. But I'm I'm gonna take my time. 
because I'm not in nobody's church and nobody can say, take your time, preacher. Take your time, minister. I'm in my bedroom and I'm praying my husband, uh, don't come up here before I get finished because then I might have to stop. (laughs) All right, so uh, God is the father of judges. Amen. So remember I said, the judging is a function of ruling descending downward from God. So Genesis 18 and 25 tells us that God is the God of all the earth. And so 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that God is the father of judges. Amen. So let's go get into this word. Lord. It will really be my fingers because I try to get these scriptures. All right. Let's see if the message good for this. I, like I said, the message when you get into the Old Testament, sometimes it takes us deep into it. All right. Let's see. There we go. All right. First Peter chapter 17. You call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. Amen. And here we go. Uh, I'm going to do NIV. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners in reverent fear. All right, John 5 and 22, the father who delegated judgment on the son. So God is the father who delegated judgment on the son. Let's see, John 5 and 22. All right, and the Word of God says this. I'm going to do this for some of y'all. Ooh, there we go. I like this one. Um, This takes me to, I did a search on it, and it takes me to to, um, the scripture. um, And my daughter just walked in, and I know my grandbaby down there, so I'm about to wrap this up. Alright, so it takes me to a scripture, I mean to multiple versions. So, it says for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Amen? Alright, so what's the the next scripture I have here? Psalms 82 verses 1 through 8. Alright, so here we learn that human rulers judges represent God to his people. All right. So God ordained this. We got some rulers that we don't want to be rulers, but I ain't going to get into that because I got to wrap this up. And I was just saying I was going to take my time, my Kaylin here. Not that I want to rush it for y'all, but y'all can get, y'all can read through these scriptures. All right. Let's, let's do the message on this one. Psalms 82, verses 1 through 8. Let's see what the Word of God says. 
God calls the judges into his courtroom. He puts the judges in the dock. Enough. You've corrupted justice long enough. You've let the wicked get away with murder. You're here to defend the defenseless and to make sure underdogs get a fair break. Your job is to stand up for the powerless and persecute all those who exploit them. Ignorant judges, head in the sand judges. They haven't a clue to what's going on. And now everything, everything's falling apart. The world's coming unglued. I commission you judges, each one of you, deputies of the high God, but you have betrayed your commission and now you're stripped of your rank, busted. Oh God, give them their uh, desserts. You've got the whole world in your hands. Amen? All right. All right. And, and, um, all right. So I hope that this, uh, was an encouragement to you, but I want you to know how we are to judge. We are to judge with empathy, with compassion, and not negatively. In the Old Testament, we know that the judges were rulers. Uh, later, the rulers were judges. Uh, and, and we know that there's no separation of executive and judicial function. Amen. So I want you guys to meditate on this word. I pray that it encourages you. I pray that you receive something uh, from it. And again, as I promised, let me tell you the scriptures that I want you to go into. Uh, If you want to learn about how we are not to judge, how we are not to judge, I want you to read Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, Romans 14, verses 1 through 4, Romans 14, verses 10 through 13, 1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 5. James 4, verses 11 and 12. If you want to learn how we are to judge, amen, I want you to get into John chapter 7, verse 24. Uh, Read Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. 1 Corinthians 5 and 15. 1 Corinthians 5, 11 through 13. And 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 6. That's how we're supposed to do it. And if you need an explanation on what judging is. And again, the definition that we use is that judging is a function of ruling, descending downward from God. Genesis uh, 18 and 25 tells us that God is the judge of all the earth. First Peter verse one through, I mean, verse chapter one, verse 17, God is the father of judges. John 5 and 22 the Father has delegated judgment on, I mean, to the Son. And Psalms 82, 1 through 8, tells us that human rulers or judges represent God to his people. Amen. All right. So our next one, we're going to talk about who has the right to judge. And if I have enough time, we're going to talk about where, when, and for what, and whom. All right. I love you all. And I pray that this was a blessing to you. And I almost hit the one, I mean, one hour mark. All right. Love you all. Bye-bye.